Book Four, Chapter Four of A Class Book of Old Testament History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Olivia. A Class Book of Old Testament History by George Frederick MacLear. Book Four, Chapter Four Holy Times and Seasons. Exodus, Chapter Twenty. Leviticus chapter 23 and chapter 25 Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 16 The holy times and seasons of the Israelites may be arranged under three heads 1 those that were connected with the seventh day of rest such as a the weekly sabbath b the month sabbath or new moon c the year sabbath d the year of jubilee 2 the day of atonement 3. The Great Historical Festivals A. The Passover B. The Feast of Pentecost, or Weeks C. The Feast of Tabernacles First, Those connected with the seventh day of rest A. The observance of the weekly Sabbath, or day of rest, is not improbably thought to have been known to the Israelites before the giving of the law Exodus sixteen twenty-two and 23 As indeed the words of the fourth commandment, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, seem to imply Exodus twenty two, eight through eleven, compare with Genesis two, one through three. The observance of this day was appointed for a perpetual covenant, as a sign between God and the children of Israel for ever. Exodus thirty one, sixteen and seventeen. It was to be shared by the whole people with the stranger, and to complete the picture of tranquillity, with the animals. Bodily labor was strictly prohibited. It was unlawful to kindle a fire for cooking food, Exodus 35.3, Numbers 15.32, or to go out of the camp to gather manna, Exodus 16.22-30. Willful desecration of the day was punished by stoning, Exodus 31.14, Numbers 15.35. In the tabernacle service, the daily burnt offering was doubled, Numbers 28.9, the shewbread was renewed, Leviticus 24.8, and the priestly course for the week commenced their duties. The Sabbath was not regarded as a fast, but a day for rest from worldly occupation and holy joy. It was ordained by God for man, and the furtherance of his truest and highest interests. Mark 2.27 and 28. Quote, the thought of him who is raised above all change and who after the completion of the works of creation rejoiced that everything was very good this coupled with the cessation of work was to lead man up to the contemplation of his own origin from god as the bodily refreshment restored his physical energies so should the consciousness of union with the almighty and the eternal restore the true life to the soul End quote. von gerlach on the pentateuch b the month sabbath or new moon festival was ushered in by blowing with the silver trumpets and by the sacrifice of eleven victims in addition to the daily offering numbers ten ten twenty eight eleven and forward businesses and trade were in later times suspended amos eight five sacrificial feasts were held first samuel twenty five through twenty four and the people resorted to the prophets for religious instruction second kings four twenty three the new moon festival of the seventh month tisri october 
being the commencement of the civil year, was observed with still greater solemnity. It was one of the seven days of holy convocation. Not merely were the trumpets blown at the time of offering the sacrifices, but it was a day for the blowing of the trumpets. Numbers 29, 1-6. Whence its name? The Feast of Trumpets. In addition to the daily sacrifices and the eleven victims offered on the first day of each month, nine other victims were offered as burnt offerings with a kid for a sin offering. C. During the seventh or sabbatical year, the land was to lie fallow and enjoy her Sabbaths. Exodus 23.10 and 11. Leviticus 25.2-7. Deuteronomy 15. No tillage or cultivation of any sort was to be practiced and the spontaneous produce of the fields, instead of being reaped, was to be freely gleaned by the poor, the stranger, and even the cattle. By this rest the land, like man, was to do homage to its lord and creator, and the poor were to share without stint in those spontaneous blessings which by his will it brings forth. And the Israelite, who every seventh day acknowledged God's claim on his time, thus acknowledged also his claim upon his land." In Deuteronomy 15, we find that the seventh year was also to be one of release for debtors. In spite of the threatenings in Leviticus 26, the sabbatical year, as appears from Second Chronicles 36, verses 20 and 21, was greatly neglected. After the return from the captivity, its observance revived. See 1 Maccabees 6, 49. D. The Year of Jubilee. At the end of seven times seven years, that is, forty-nine entire years, the fiftieth was observed as the year of jubilee, a word of uncertain meaning. It was proclaimed by the sound of trumpets on the tenth day of the seventh month, Tisri, the day of atonement. During this year the soil was to lie fallow, as in the sabbatical year, but in addition to this, all land that had been alienated was to return to those to whom it had been allotted at the original distribution, and all bondmen of Hebrew blood were to be liberated. Leviticus 25, 8-16, 23-35, and 27-16-25. As the weekly Sabbath and the sabbatical year was intended to restore through rest to man and to the land, so the year of Jubilee was designed to raise the whole people, in respect to their rights and possessions, from the changeableness of outward circumstances to the unchangeableness of the divine appointment, to prevent the inordinate accumulation of wealth in the hands of a few, to relieve those to whom misfortune or fault had reduced to poverty, to restore that equality in outward circumstances which was instituted on the first settlement of the land by Joshua, and to vindicate the right of each Israelite to his part in the covenant which God had made with his fathers respecting the land of promise. End quote. Von Gerlach on the Pentateuch. 2. The Day of Atonement was observed on the tenth day of the seventh month, Tisri, as the great day of national humiliation and for the expiation of the sins both of the priests and the people. This was the highest, the most perfect, the most comprehensive of all acts of expiation, and not only took place but once in the entire year, but was performed by the high priest alone, and not in the holy place, but the holy of holies. Its celebration is prescribed in Leviticus chapter 16 and 23, verses 26 through 32, Numbers chapter 29, verses 7 through 11. The day was to be regarded as a high Sabbath, a day of holy convocation, on which the Israelites, under pain of extirpation, were expected to afflict their souls with fasting and mourning. Compare Leviticus 16, 29, and 31 with Acts 27, 9. The ritual was as follows. 
the high priest having bathed arrayed himself not in his gorgeous robes but in the white linen garments common to himself and the rest of the priesthood as a sacrifice for himself and the priests he brought a bullock for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering which he had purchased at his own cost as a sacrifice for the people two he-goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering which were purchased out of the public treasury the two he-goats he then brought to the door of the tabernacle that is to the brazen altar and there having presented them before the lord cast two lots upon them one inscribed for jehovah the other for azazel this done as the head of the priesthood itself compassed with infirmity hebrews five two he first proceeded to make atonement for his own order accordingly he slew the bullock and taking a censer filled with live coals from the altar of burnt offering and two handfuls of incense he passed with these through the holy place onwards behind the veil into the holy of holies and there threw the incense upon the coals so that the fragrant cloud might envelop the mercy seat then returning to the brazen altar and taking some of the blood of the bullock in a vessel he once more passed into the holy of holies and sprinkled it seven times before the mercy seat the seat of the glory of jehovah having thus made expiation for himself and his own order he slew the goat upon which the lot for jehovah had fallen as a sin offering for the people and sprinkled its blood as he had done that of the bullock then on his return from the holy of holies he purified the holy place now solitary and deserted by sprinkling the blood of both victims seven times on the horns of the golden altar of incense and as some think on those of the altar of burnt offering the purification of the tabernacle completed he came forth and laid both his hands upon the goat on which the lot for azazel had fallen solemnly confessed over it the sins of the people and then gave it to a man chosen for the purpose to be led away into the wilderness into a place not inhabited and there let loose this done he once more entered the tabernacle bathed and having arrayed himself in his gorgeous robes offered the two rams as a burnt offering one for himself the other for the people and at the same time placed upon the altar the fat of the two sin offerings while these were consuming the remains of the victims were conveyed outside the camp nor could they who were deputed for this office or the man who had led away the scapegoat return into the camp until they had purified themselves and their clothes with water the distinction between this solemnity and others is very striking it took place but once a year five days before the joyous feast of tabernacles which testified to the nation's gratitude for the preservation of the seasonable fruits of the earth in it the high priest alone officiated clad not in his gorgeous robes but in the simple pure white robes common to him and the rest of the priesthood he made expiation for himself his order and the people an atonement for the sins of the whole year on this day and this day only he entered within the veil and sprinkled the blood before the mercy seat seven times on this day and this day only the idea of the remission of sin found its highest expression in the sacrifice of one goat as a sin offering to jehovah and the solemn confession of the sins of the whole people over another and its dismissal laden with its awful typical burden into a far distant and separated land a land not inhabited lying as it were under the curse of jehovah this solemnity contained the exact antidote to the sombre and often cruel rites of heathenism the lots were cast over both the goats both were presented to jehovah at the door of the tabernacle at his command the scapegoat carried away the burden of the people's sins into an unknown desert land he sanctified the people and accepted the atonement for the high priest the priestly order and the entire nation and the purification of the place where he had condescended to meet the israelites 
in the epistle to the hebrews chapters nine and ten we have the key to the expressive imagery of this great day in the jewish year the fact that once in the year the high priest could enter within the veil intimated that under a system of provisional and typical ordinances the way into the holiest of all was not as yet made manifest but when the true high priest even jesus christ offered himself unto death on the altar of his cross for the sins of the whole world the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom matthew twenty seven fifty one mark fifteen thirty eight he died he rose again and clad not in the resplendent robes of that divine nature he had before the world but in the garb of our human nature he ascended into the heavenly sanctuary the antitype of the jewish sanctuary on earth and there pleads and will forever plead the merits of his blood before the throne of god end of section nineteen end of book four chapter one